You are listening to Fantasy Movie League's Pause and Play Podcast. It's that time, once again, for dozens of Fantasy Movie League players' favorite podcast, Pause and Play. Guys, it says uh, in my notes here to wait, to hold for applause, so we'll just wait a second. Yay! Thank you for that pity applause. We enter week three of FML, talking Beauty and the Beast, as well as the Avatar delays, post-credit scenes, and March Madness, of course. It's sure to be in... An okay time, I guess. Due to daylight savings, we only have two guests this week. Arizona, those non-conformist bastards, apparently do not participate in our country's biannual archaic time change, resulting in an unfortunate scheduling conflict with our good friend Garbera. Maybe next week, Greg. So let's meet the guests that we do have. Up first is this podcast's number one overall seed, though possible PNP sanctions loom large over him. Can he play through the distractions, or will he collapse under the weight of his own guilty conscience? Mr. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. How's it going? It's going great, man. You excited about the I number am. one seed? Uh, I am, but I am terrible under pressure, so I expect to collapse promptly. Yes, that's what all the, the experts and the analysts are saying as well. Finally, a true underdog story who is already ineligible from FML prize play. And somehow received the inexplicable number 12 seed for this week's podcast. And is it odd that he's ranked 12th out of two people? Probably. But rather than risking the integrity of this podcast by opening up an unwanted investigation, let's ignore it and welcome our friend, Ert. It's snowing in Maryland. Time to panic. Everyone's going to die. If it's my last <laughs> night on Earth, I'm glad to be spending it podcasting with you gentlemen. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you safe and sound as of right now. I'm Maryland can't handle the snow. No, we're uh, not at all. Not even close. That's no. unfortunate. Well, we're glad to have you on your last night on Earth. Uh, just a reminder to everybody to uh, remember to fill out your uh, pause and play brackets and see who's going to uh, go home the champ. Will be the perennial number one seed, obvious front runner, and likely dirty cheater, Mr. Dave. Or the underdog and possible Cinderella story of this whole thing, Ert. We will have two rounds of questions and topics where points will be awarded, but they don't necessarily mean anything. So guys, let's do this thing. Let's go. Let's get to know this week's guest with a little FML My Life. So gentlemen, everyone wants to know, how has FML affected your life? Mr. Dave, let's start with you. Well, I had a very close friend in college who constantly made fun of me for my FML addiction, which admittedly back then was a lot higher than it is now. And she would always crack jokes and completely judge me when I was sitting there crunching my numbers and participating on pause and play back in its text form or any other myriad of FML activities. However, from some strange twist, she is now my girlfriend. And yes, she still hates FML with a passion and is currently annoyed with me because I am recording this podcast instead of talking to her. But oh well, number one seed's got to be here. You haven't explained to her that if you can convert her to FML, you get to spend more time together? Or is that not a conversation I, that you actually want to get into? Do you need, uh, does Mr. I Dave tried. need his space? Is that what's, uh, 
Is that what's keep actually keeping her out of the game? I've, I've tried to get her to play, um, but she instead turns that around with a, a myriad of insults thrown my way. How she would never do it, which is probably for the best. <laughs> she just loves it when you say myriad. Who doesn't? Ertz, what about you? Well, I think one of the biggest changes I have is that I now get upset at my parents when they go see a movie in my lineup, <laughs> but they pay senior price instead of the full price. Those four dollars could make a huge difference. Right now, I'm ranked below 6,000 for the season, and I blame them. <laughs> I think everyone ranked uh, in your position should blame your parents. I think so. They brought me to Maryland. Let's call them out right now. Uh, are, are you willing to post their phone number and address, email? Uh, sure, I'll put it, put it in the comments of pause and play. <laughs> it's fine. No one listens. It's okay. <laughs> Avatar. Delayed. Again. James Cameron is supposedly making multiple sequels to his 2009 3D gimmick flick, but production on the first sequel has once again been delayed. Now, the original made $2.7 billion at the box office, and granted $2 billion of that is from the foreign box office. But without fail, anyone you meet, at least in this country, claims they disliked that movie. So guys, I've got a couple questions. A few. A. Will this movie actually be made? B, if so, how many will they ultimately make, and will they be well-attended in the United States? And C, why, James Cameron, why? Er, let's kick it off with you. Well, James Cameron seems determined to make them, which means that they will be made. Uh, I guess he'll make all four sequels that he's currently planning on. I don't think the last one will be split into two parts like so many things are. Um, in the United States, I I think it's going to be fall into that category of a sequel no one really wants to or asks for, and so I don't think they'll be that well attended. And as far as far as why James Cameron is doing it, it's got to be because he wants to. I don't know why else he would do it. It's just what well, he wants to do it, and he's determined to do it. Doesn't it kind of feel like Cameron has fallen in love with this world, kind of similar to uh, Peter Jackson falling in love with the Shire? Yeah, it you could, know, could be I, something well, like that. Well, doesn't Peter Jackson doesn't he own his own land in like New Zealand that he like turned into like a little mini Shire <laughs> that he lived that he goes uh, in holidays on? I guess I can see James Cameron actually colonizing his own little planet and turning into this like, blue little pan- Pandora thing and living there. Is he just gonna live in Disney World's new Avatar Land? <laughs> well, he's just gonna hang well out there at the top. <laughs> That's part of the attraction. Like, if you get there early in the morning, you can see him, you know, walking around in his robe with coffee and donuts. <laughs> you can find out if he dunks his donut, you know. True extra magic hours. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Dave, what are your thoughts on Avatar? I'm apparently one of the few people who thoroughly enjoyed the first Avatar. Did you see it in the theater when it came out? I did, in 3D, opening weekend, because I have a problem, apparently. Or I used to, not anymore. Um, but I think, you know, they're all going to get made, um, since they are making them all at the same time. So if one gets done, they're all getting done, in theory. But none of them are releasing before 2020. I don't think attendance will end up being a lot better than expected because I think the first sequel is going to be better than people are anticipating. So it'll get the hype back into the avatar world. And really it's kind of like what Ert said. He just loves this world. Kind of like Tarantino loves his words. (laughs) James Cameron's very much that same way. He loves what he makes. He loves the visuals he puts on there. So he's just going to keep making them to uh, satisfy himself. You're coming off like a Tarantino expert now, and like you just finally saw Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I've seen two whole Tarantino movies, so I think I know everything I need to know. 
in about seven minutes of uh, <laughs> two other movies, probably. Yeah, it's plenty. Well, does it even matter if it does well in this country, though? Because like I said, about two billion of that last movie was overseas. I mean, that, he only needs it to succeed overseas. He doesn't need it to succeed here. I mean, I think ego-wise, he and the studios do, but I mean, does it need to? I, I don't... I mean, it, it's going to cut a profit worldwide no matter what. So, and I mean, I think in the US, it's it's not going to make the kind of money the first one made, but it won't need to, because I imagine they're saving some costs by making all four at the same time. So it can do anywhere remotely near it and still make, make a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I... I I was one of the many that saw it uh, opening weekend as well, too, but I only saw it for the one reason, James Cameron making it 3D, which is, I think, why a lot of people went to see the movie, but... Yeah. And there was a lot of repeat business on that movie just because it was cool-looking flick, and I don't know. And making all four of them at the same time seems pretty risky for something that not that many people claim to not want in this country, but he's James Cameron. I don't think it matters, so... There's always Titanic 2 in his future. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast drops this weekend, and man, this thing is destined to rake in some serious Disney dough. Do you see this movie being front-loaded this opening weekend? And over under $150 million for the opening weekend? And finally, over under four sequels, a la Avatar. Mr. Dave, let's start with you. Uh, to start out, I think it goes over 150 I don't think it'll go over by a lot, uh, but it does reach there. It won't be front-loaded this weekend or long-term. It should have pretty good legs. And there's only going to be one uh, one sequel, and it's going to focus on Gaston and his change from a pompous tool to a lovable, caring Disney prince. <laughs> you put too much thought into that answer. I tried this week. Won't he die at the end? Doesn't Gaston die? Don't ruin my sequel. <laughs> I need the sequel. <laughs> or is this going to be uh, all uh, Captain America Civil War, where, spoiler, in the comics, Captain America dies. But Disney didn't want to kill off a potential uh, toy, so... I mean, that could be very right. very similar, yeah. uh, play out very similar. Yeah. With a... It'll probably be attacked and survive somehow. Exactly. <laughs> Ert, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, I think similarly. I think it'll make a little more than $150 million. Um, You know, we'll have pretty good legs. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm naive or, or an optimist or just dumb. But I don't think I'll have any sequels. I think they'll just leave it alone. And I hope they do. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. We're in the sequel-heavy uh, cinematic universe now. So I don't know that uh, if that thing makes close to $500 million, I, I don't know that they can't not make a sequel to that. They movie, might just but... go with another one of their um, fairy tale movies instead and do that, you know, make that live action also. Okay. They have a whole lot of movies that they can... Trans- uh, make live action movies out of i would say a live action pocahontas but james cameron's already got that covered let's so. see there you go Bl- a blue <laughs> pocahontas well i guess with beauty and the beast they don't have to do a direct sequel they can do you know a spinoff similar to how uh, minions was a spinoff of uh was that despicable me they can do that with and i wasn't like isn't there talking candlesticks in the yeah, cogsworth and, the and mrs potts mm-hmm. and see? all of them so you guys know better see that that, that can be unless they unless they're killed at the end too I don't. I don't quite remember the Beauty and the Beast story. That wasn't one uh, I was into. And you don't think this is going to be terribly front loaded either? You think? Uh, I don't think so. It's getting good reviews, so I think it'll last for a while. So, and I, I know that the uh, as we record this on a Monday night, week three just went live uh, about I don't know about two hours ago. So we just kind of had a glance at the the pricing. You're not going to go always Friday with this one. 
I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mr. Dave, you and I are, you have more snow than I do. Do you think, um, will school still be out Friday? It'll be a good day for the Northwest, North, Northeast to go to a movie. Uh, depends. I know parts of Pennsylvania, um, they'll be out tomorrow, probably Wednesday, but I think coming back to Friday, it should be okay. But Thursday previews might still get affected. Okay. So I don't, and even if it wasn't with the snow, I don't see Friday being very loaded because it's a more of a family movie. Yeah. And that's going to lean heavily towards Saturday and a little bit on Sunday. Right on. Cool. Makes sense. Makes sense. I agree. Let's move on. Kong Skull Island apparently has a post credit scene, because of course it does, which teases an upcoming 2020 showdown between shared cinematic monsters Kong and Godzilla. Guys, that's neat and all, but another movie employing the post credit scene teaser? You know, one may say, if you can't fit that scene in the movie, it probably doesn't belong. While the counter-argument could be, yes, of course it doesn't fit into the movie, it's just a teaser, and Batman vs. Superman probably should have went that route, rather than shoehorning in future Justice Leaguers, which play no actual role in the movie. Guys, I'm curious what your thoughts on this. These post credit scenes, they good? They bad? Do you feel indifferent? Eh, meh, whatever about it? Er, let's start with you. Uh, I guess overall I'm indifferent. Um, I still think that... Ferris Bueller's uh, scene is the, is the gold standard. Mm. Makes it kind of sad when filmmakers try to copy that but end up falling short. Uh, I just wish, though, that credits in general were shorter. I know that there's you know, unions and contracts and rules for providing names in the credits, but there's just so many of them, and I think it could go a little faster. <laughs> well, especially when we have the uh, introductory credits at the beginning of the movie, and then we see all those people again. Yeah. It goes by much slower at the end. I don't know. Mr. Dave. Post-credit scenes have the potential to be really cool, and I do thoroughly enjoy a lot of them, especially in the Marvel movies. They handle it well, but just too many movies are putting them in now because of the success, the success those had. When I go see a Marvel movie, I expect to sit there for an extra five minutes to wait for my post-credit little tease of the next movie. However, it's getting to the point where when I'm you know, in the theater scene Hacksaw Ridge, should I stay to see if Mel teases <laughs> the Battle of Berlin sequel, or am I good to leave? Just let Marvel do it, and uh, no one else can. <laughs> Don't leave us hanging, man. Did Hacksaw Ridge have that post credit scene? It didn't. I was no. real disappointed. <laughs> well, I'm very disappointed as well. Points to Earth for uh, calling out to everyone else for not being able to hold a candle to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Not even Deadpool, which that was, that was a nice little parody, even though that went on right. a little too long, I think, though. Yeah. Didn't quite nail what, uh, the magic that Ferris Bueller had. So It was a nice homage to it. Yeah, not too shabby. I've never seen Ferris Bueller. Of course you haven't. You just saw Pulp Fiction a week ago. Of course you haven't seen Ferris Bueller's Day Maybe Off. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Well, guys, speaking of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, <clears throat> on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than $20 a month. Whether you're shopping for the geek in your life, or if you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month, there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can only get with Loot Crate. Treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. That roar in existence is a call. Will you answer it, Mr. Dave? No, you probably won't. Probably not. This month, we're going primal in unleashing the beast of some of pop culture's most ferocious franchises. This savagely sweet collection has items from Overwatch, Wolverine, Jurassic World, and Predator, and includes, as always, our monthly tea and pin. 
You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it, guys. It is over. Make sure to head to www.lootcrate.com FML and enter code FML to save 10% off any new subscription today. Guys, let's move on to round number two. Congratulations to Mr. Dave and Ert for successfully making it to round two. Yay! Here in round two, it'll act as a lightning round of sorts where our guests, all two of them, are supposed to deliver rapid-fire responses to my questions. Unfortunately, that really happens, and I don't see that changing uh, today. But we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. You guys ready? Yes. Yep. First, it's March Madness. So, who's in your final four? Ert, let's start with you. Well, obviously, Maryland will will win the whole thing. The other obviously. four teams are in the final four are Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky. Not too shabby. Mr. Dave? This is subject to change and has changed about four times since last night and will continue to change yeah. all week. Uh, but right now, it's Wisconsin, yeah. Arizona, yeah. Michigan, yeah. and Kentucky. Oh, I hope that... What? No, go ahead. <laughs> With Kentucky over Arizona in the championship. Oh, God, I hope that changes. I hate all of it. Yeah, as you I should. It it's bad. It's awful. You went anti-Chuck on purpose, like, intentionally. You, you're like, no, this I'm not going to be Chuck. This year's going to be anti-Chuck. cynic. You're like, no, no. This year's going to be anti-Chuck. This year's so much parody. They say that yeah, every Vill- year, and it's always Villanova one and two sucks. seeds in the Final Four. Not this year. Villanova sucks. Kansas <laughs> has no depth. Get out of here. Whatever. I have two of the two seeds in there. It's going to be Nova, Gonzaga, Kansas, Kentucky. Kansas is winning the whole thing. Doesn't matter about depth. Doesn't matter that they lost in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. They didn't have Josh Jackson. It doesn't matter. They're going all the way. Frank Mason. The third. Next. Which movies would you guys put in your final four of number four sequels? So basically the fourth movie in a franchise. And in that final four, who would emerge victorious? Mr. Dave, let's start with you. I didn't rank these based off quality of movies, first of all. They, the winner would be decided by an epic battle, which is why I chose Jurassic World, Transformers Age of Extinction, Rambo, and Hateful Eight, which is disguising itself as the fourth movie in the Magnific- Magnificent Seven series. Uh, Hateful Eight would actually get disqualified before the, the battle even started, because it's not really to Magnificent Seven at all, no matter what anybody tells you. And the Jurassic World dinosaurs and the Transformers... Uh, crap. <laughs> I, don't, I legit don't even know what they're called. I don't watch Transformers. But the robots would uh would fight each other in this epic battle. Meanwhile, Rambo's just going to be kind of running around the jungle waiting for his move. And he's going to kill everybody, think he's good, hop on a boat, go out to sea, and get eaten by that awesome Jurassic World water dinosaur. <laughs> and Jurassic World wins. But first, it's Autobots. That's, yeah, that's what I said. And Decepticons. Autobots. Yep. Mm-hmm. What isn't in? So it was Age of Extinction, right? Didn't that one have Dinobots? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see it. I don't. I don't it remember. I just like remember that movie being off. That was the Mark Wahlberg one, right? Yeah, yeah. It was somehow the worst of all the three movies. I didn't know how that was possible. I thought that one had yeah, Dinobots. We, I think it might have based off the trailers, if I remember correctly. I don't know. I think I would take Dinobots over uh, Jurassic World dinos. I just wanted the sweet water dinosaur payoff. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Ert. Well. I'm ignoring the Star Wars prequels, which makes the fourth o- the Force Awakens the fourth in the series. <laughs> Even though it's episode I'm going seven, I'm <laughs> ignore Born movies without Matt Damon, 
So last year's Jason Bourne is in. <laughs> and then also I'm going to put Star Trek Four and Rocky Four in the mix. And of those four, Star Trek Four wins. Oh, wow. So this is all about underwater creatures here, because you got the underwater dinosaur in Mr. Dave's. And then you've got the Save the Whales Star Trek save movie. Save the whales! <laughs> the yeah. whales will save the day. Okay, <laughs> well then... I- I want to know between those two movies, the uh, or between the whale and the uh, that underwater dino that Mr. Dave is so proud of for some odd reason, who's going to come victorious? Ert? Well, the dinosaur. I mean, the dinosaurs were clearly the whales. Not even close, right? I, I, I don't know, man. That's what I, that's what I'm asking. They would need for. Mr. Spock to uh, uh, develop some sort of plan to neutralize the dinosaur. There you go, Mr. Dave. You don't seem to be in a agreement. I've never seen anything Star Trek in my life, uh, so I feel like I'm not an expert on this question. Uh, but I imagine David, somehow... you, haven't, you haven't seen any movies, so you're not really an expert. Okay. <laughs> you're not really qualified <laughs> to be on this podcast, but you're still on. So please go ahead and finish the question. So, <laughs> so um, somehow, I mean, Star Trek is in the future, right? So they're gonna have not some kind this of future. one. Yeah, this is like 1980 San Francisco. God, Mr. Dave. <laughs> I don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, so my water dino wins. Screw it. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Well, this is where things get really tough, guys. You have to field a basketball team of one Hollywood family. So, you know, for example, like the Baldwins or the Wayans, whatever you want to do. You can pick a, a, a family, fathers and sons and daughters or whatever, or just the siblings, whatever you want to do. So which family do you pick and why? Ert, let's start with you. The Affleck's. Ban... Uh, ben will threaten to do acting unless the other team forfeits. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel, but fair. Mr. Dave? I went with the Kardashian-Jenner family. A uh, a scrappy team of... A, a scrappy women's basketball team who constantly get into foul trouble, but somehow find a way to win and make a ton of money doing it. And they have a secret weapon in Caitlyn Jenner, who is kind of like their Britney Griner. I'm a little disappointed of you guys went with the Culkins. <laughs> Macaulay needs all the love you can get right now. Come on, man. He needs this. And he he has to have, like, brittle bones. He'd hurt himself. <laughs> Let's move on to, instead of multiple choice, we're going to do some trivia. I guess I should put that in quotes. Some quote-unquote trivia. <laughs> First, sports movies. The greatest sports movie of all time. And I'm putting you guys on the spot. Mr. Dave, you've probably seen at least one sports movie, so... You can probably just go ahead and say what that is. I've seen a lot of sports movies. I love sports movies. Um, my favorite, Remember the Titans. Yeah, not bad. Hurt? Uh, how about Hoosiers? Oh, no, wrong. <laughs> and actually, Mr. Dave, you were wrong, too. The answer is Naked Gun. I haven't seen it. Uh, of course a you have A sports movie? Okay. Oh, okay. Of course. You've when got he's, uh, when he's the umpire? Yes, exactly. Game? The whole thing, the whole third act revolves around a baseball game okay. where the lead... Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin is the umpire. So, I mean, they do show it on MLB Network, so I guess it counts. Egg, exactly. Yes. So not only the greatest baseball movie of all time, The Natural is overrated. Not only the greatest baseball movie of all time, but the greatest sports movie of all time. Possibly just the greatest movie of all time. I'll leave that one up for a bit. So this is going to be fun for Mr. Dave. In Naked Gun, which Hall of Fame baseball player was activated to assassinate Queen Elizabeth II? Mr. Dave, let's start with you first. Uh... Hall of Fame baseball player. No googling. <laughs> I'm not. My hands are right here. I'm not googling. <laughs> this is just. Um, is Mickey Mantle in the Hall of Fame? This movie took place in the mid '80s. Was that pl- player in the Hall of Fame at the time? Oh, I'm sure he was. 
this is way too hard. I don't know, is Mickey Mantle um, still alive now? I don't know that guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So someone that was dead in the 80s? Babe Ruth? I don't know. That's 100% wrong. Ertz, yeah, do you know the answer? What was the question again? In Naked Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do. Which Hall of Fame baseball player was activated to assassinate Queen Elizabeth II? Yeah, I don't know. Joe DiMaggio. No. Reggie Jackson. <laughs> I must assassinate the Queen. Oh, come on, guys. Third question. Frank Drebin sang the national anthem disguised as which opera singer? And I was going to give you some options, but I'm not going to. Mr. Dave, let's start with you. Do you know your opera singers? Uh, um, who's, that, who's that Italian dude? Um, wrong. Ert, do you remember <laughs> who it is? Opera singer. <laughs> I couldn't name a single opera singer. But did you see the... I thought you saw the movie. It's been a while. Oh. I kept waiting for you to ask which football player is in it. <laughs> no. So no answer? Do you give up? Yes. <laughs> Enrico Palazzo. They say that name like more than once because he okay. sings the national anthem and then he <laughs> then uh, Frank Drebin goes undercover as the umpire and then he saves the queen and takes off his uh, the umpire mask and everyone's like, hey, Enrico Palazzo, Enrico Palazzo saved the queen. Come on, guys. I'm so disappointed in all of you. I'm sorry. I may not even publish this episode of Pause and Play. Negative points for both of us. And then you get a point for doing my job there for me. So good job. All right. Final question. Frank Drebin, this is another Naked Gun question if you guys didn't uh, pick up on that. Frank Drebin killed five actors during a Shakespeare in the Park production of what Shakespeare play? Mr. Dave, for fun and just to torture myself, I'm going to start with you again. A Midsummer Night's Dream. Good answer. Wrong, but good answer. Ert. Hamlet. No. It was Julius Caesar, guys. I was going to say... That was too obvious. <laughs> and to quote can... Leslie Nielsen's Frank Drebin from Naked Gun, when asked about that incident, Frank Drebin said, Yes, well, when I see five weirdos dressed in toga stabbing a guy in the middle of the park in full view of a hundred people, I shoot the bastards. That's my policy. And guys, that's my policy as well. That, uh, for the second consecutive podcast, that was uh, a, a miserable round two. I think there was maybe one pity point that was given out. <laughs> Well, that is the end of round two, which means none of you will be eliminated while both of you face off in the Pause and Sway Challenge. And the winner of that will be awarded their very own soapbox from which to rant about whatever they like, as long as it is movie-related. So moving on will be, surprise, got my fingers crossed, both of you. Congratulations, guys. I'm very Thank happy. Thank you so much. Today's Pause and Sway challenge is about new trends. Today we touched on sequels, such as Avatar, live-action remakes, like this weekend's Beauty and the Beast, and rebooted slash shared cinematic universes, as in Kong and Godzilla. But guys, I want something different. I need it, and I crave it. But I understand Hollywood loves their existing franchises and recognizable brands, so I'm offering a compromise. Hybrid franchises. And I'm not talking about crossovers like the upcoming Men in Black 21 Jump Street joint venture. No, I'm talking about crossbreeding. Example, Tron Lander. 
an original story combining Tron with Highlander, which tells the tale of rival Scottish clans who run around St. Andrew's Golf Course at night, dressed in glow-in-the-dark gear, and decapitate each other with, like, these sharp frisbee things, because there isn't much to do around there. And for some reason, there can be only one! Or something like that. Anyway, I need you guys to pitch me your best hybrid movie, Ert. Let's start with you. A teenager named Daniel and his mother moved to California. As a new kid in town, he gets harassed and beaten up by a group, a group of karate hooligans named the Cobra Kais. Daniel wants to learn karate and find some help from an unlikely teacher, an undead demon named Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice has some unorthodox teaching methods, but the mayhem really gets going during the climatic karate tournament. The Cobra Kais sing the banana boat song. Sweep the leg takes on a new meaning when Beetlejuice turns crease into a broom. And during the crane kick, Daniel's foot becomes a giant construction crane that crushes Johnny for good. All this and more in the movie, The Beetlejuice Kid. <laughs> oh, <goodness>. Wow. <laughs> I would see that. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't see that movie? Who wouldn't? Make a billion see dollars. See, the, the, this hybrid franchise is, I'm on to something here, guys. Yeah. We're getting the best of both worlds. Mr. Dave, can you top the... Uh... Oh, I, I already forgot the name of... Uh, <laughs> the, the Beetlejuice name. Kid. The Beetlejuice Kid, of course. <laughs> of course I forgot the most obvious name. <laughs> Mr. Dave, oh. what do you got? A young man is tasked with finding his long-lost family that he hasn't seen since they went to explore France many years ago. He finds out that his three other siblings ended up dying while in France, but he still has hope to find his mother, who is currently missing. But he knows she was last seen somewhere near Normandy, so he at least has a starting point. He enlists the help of some friends and his adopted parents to find her, and they come close many times, finding people with the same name, but never the right woman. They eventually find his mother, but while heading back home, they are pinned down by a tiger tank, and many of his friends tragically die, and for some reason, his adopted mother turns and shoots and murders his birth mother. The movie ends with him standing over his birth mother's grave, thinking back through the brief time together. I present to you, Saving Private Lion. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a difficult task for you. I thought he was going to go with the Dark Knight Wears Prada. <laughs> oh, if only I'd thought that that far ahead. If only. Dang. Well, the obvious winner is Ert, because he came up with two. <laughs> Mr. Dave, that was good effort put forth, though. I was very proud of you. Thanks. Ert, congratulations. Yay! And I want to see all of those movies. And I, I think Hollywood Studios should take heed and they should do these hybrid franchises. We should copyright them now. We should do it now. Yes. I haven't even copyrighted this podcast, but we're going to copyright that idea. Yes. So, Ert, you pulled the upset, my friend. The underdog, the Cinderella story came true, obviously. Well, the 12 seed, right? There's always a 12-5 upset. A exactly. There's a 12-2 upset, right? 12 <laughs> uh, I've already uh, demoted... Uh, Mr. Dave from a number one to a number two. I think number two is more fitting for Mr. Dave. That sounds right. So, Ert, that means with you being the winner, you get your very own soapbox to stand upon and rant about something. What do you got? Well, I'm not very good at soapboxes. I'm not good at FML, so I don't have any advice. I don't even <laughs> watch that many movies, so I don't have recommendations. But FML is still such a fun place on the internet. So everyone keep listening to this. So everyone who's listening to this, keep making FML such a fun place. Participate in the chatter. Especially check out the columns in the Insider. There's some great contributors there. Although I'm not quite sure what's going on with the shirtless dude wearing a monkey mask. <laughs> but I'm sure it's interesting. 
Yes, that is new <laughs> insider Ryan McGee with his uh, puppets and predictions, uh, which I think he just had his second column that went up. Well, I guess not column, his second video since they're YouTube videos. Very unique take on the uh, predictions. And I will admit, <laughs> this week when the... <laughs> <laughs> when the still shot of uh, his most recent video appeared with him without a shirt and wearing the monkey mask, I had recently just saw Pulp Fiction, and I could have swore he was wearing the gimp mask from Pulp Fiction, but... <laughs> On closer inspection, no, it was just a, a Kong mask, so... Whew! All right. <laughs> well, Art, you make a... wasn't quite a rant but it was more of a celebration of FML in the community, so... Yes. I'm all for that. We, uh, we're done with this thing. We go ahead and roll the end credits. And you guys uh, have any shout-outs you would like to deliver, Mr. Dave? No. Thank you. I've, Thank I've you used sure. up all my shout-outs on all the other podcasts <laughs> the past, like, two weeks, so I'm fresh out. Yeah, in case people aren't aware, Mr. Dave gets around uh, on podcasts. He's been on quite a few uh, recently. Absolutely. Ertz, what about you? Uh, nope. I don't have anything. Fantastic, guys. <laughs> I don't think I have any uh, shout-outs either. That's all we got. Let's let's end this thing. <laughs> let's mercifully put let's mercifully put this thing to bed, guys. Greg, we missed you, buddy. Hopefully, we'll get you on the next podcast, uh, the next one within the next two weeks. So, Ert, Dave, thank you for being on, guys. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Having... All right. We'll see everybody next week. Good night, FML.